Today on the Aspire Podcast, my guest and I are going to provide you with some ways to increase your professional development, and she's going to share her crazy story on how social media changed her career completely. My guest today is a good friend of mine, a change agent, and the author of Be Real and Cannonball In. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. In this episode, we are diving into the topic of professional learning, and I'm so excited to have Tara Martin back on the Aspire podcast. And Tara, it was so awesome to not only connect with you at the Teach Better conference, but also to meet you in person. And it was such a joy to get to know you a little bit more, and I just appreciate you coming back on the show. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me again. So when we were talking at the conference, one of the topics that came up was just kind of your journey in professional development, but also on Twitter and just kind of how you exploded on the scene. And I'm just curious on how social media and professional development took you from an instructional coach to where you are today. Yeah, it's a super fun topic. I love that we dove into this a little bit at Teach Better. So basically for me, I'm just a Kansas girl in the middle of Lawrence, Kansas, a bunch of cornfields everywhere. And yeah, you know, no one would know who I am. And in 2016, I went to a conference here in Kansas, in Olathe, Kansas, which is about 40 miles from here. And I got to hear George Kuros, the author of Innovator's Mindset. And I never heard him before. It's random that I got to go because the administrator that was supposed to get to go got sick. So they sent me. It was just super random. I didn't even have a name tag that had my own name on it. And so here I am at this conference and I got to hear George and he was outstanding. And I had never heard of Innovator's Mindset. I then went to his workshop and he basically chastised anybody in there who wasn't on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like if you weren't on Twitter, he basically, in my interpretation, he was like, shame on you. Mm -hmm. So immediately I course got on Twitter so I was like I don't want to be the bad kid in the class <laughs> I realized I actually had a Twitter account obviously it had opened it a couple of years ago but I I only followed one person I followed Adam Levine <laughs> don't ask <laughs> and so I had Adam and then I then followed George mm-hmm. and then other than that my name was like my name with all these numbers and I didn't have any followers and so I was I was just like not sure what to do. I went through that workshop and he was kind of showing us quickly like hashtags to follow. And I just remember him telling us all kind of stuff. This is the professional development way of the 21st century. Like if you want to have 24 seven learning, you need to be on here connecting with people of like mind. And I thought, Oh man, this is amazing. But I honestly still, when I left that conference, I was just so blown away by the topic of being an innovator And having that mindset of not just a growth mindset, but just like stretching yourself to that next level. And I was so stoked about it that when I came back, we got the innovators mindset for all of my coaches and we were just going to all read it and we're all going to be like on fire. Like I, when I got back, one of the things George had talked about in one of his sessions was building a website and sharing your things that you're doing in your district outside of your world. And to do this, you could use Twitter or you could use your website. And he was just kind of giving us avenues to take down the boundaries of just being combined in your little district. Mm -hmm. And 
well, I couldn't wait to meet him. So I asked for a selfie. And then when I, we got to talking, he was like, you need to build a website. You need to do this, like one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm like, oh my God, like I just got to do all this stuff. And so <laughs> over vacation, I started a website. I didn't really, I love to write. So I journal every single day. And I thought maybe I could just slide these journal entries over on my blog. And then I was like, whoa, that's just like way too real. Like nobody wants to peek into my mind that much. So I need to figure out like ways to make this professional development for anybody who might read it. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that I felt like I learned from the Innovators Mindset book was just that you're you're building a digital professional portfolio yep. with your website. And so that's what I wanted to create and not just like a journal of like a Facebook <laughs> on my blog. Um, so I just made a few leaps right off the bat and I was feeling pretty confident in like actually implementing within a couple of weeks of hearing all this. And I didn't really still know what to do on Twitter. I was still a little confused. I was watching hashtags and stuff. But I just didn't know what to do. But while I was on that vacation, literally, this is only two weeks after all this stuff. You know, I had already joined Twitter and started a website. I had no idea. What I, was I know George Kiros was a huge influencer in the beginning of your social media journey. Who else made a huge impact on you through Twitter? I went to go buy George's book. So I went to go buy it at Barnes and Noble and they didn't have any, but they had this other book, Teach Like a Pirate. And I had never heard of that either, but I noticed it was by the same publisher. Little did I know that Dave Burgess was the publisher. Like I didn't know anything about all these people. And so I started reading Teach Like a Pirate. And I was like on fire. I was so excited. I wasn't even in the classroom any longer, but I'm working with coaches and I was just like, crazy excited and it's summer so I couldn't even text all my peeps and tell them how exciting this was but I had I was forced to put some stuff on Twitter and so I'm like with my two followers no fault no, I had George <laughs> I think I had George and my husband <laughs> like I had like no followers I started like putting some stuff out there and this is actually at the same time my kid's like walking around the house and like snapping pictures of himself all day long. And I'm, he's 15 at that time. I was like, Caleb, God, you've got to get that stupid app off your phone. Like I'm so exhausted with Snapchat because it's like what he lived on. Mm -hmm. But as I was reading Teach Like a Pirate by the Pool, literally highlighting the mess out of it and just basically turning the page yellow instead of white because I love everything about it. I was like, oh man, maybe I could use that app for this annotation. And I was like brainstorming really quick. Like, I wonder if I could take a picture of the page and then use the text feature for annotation mm -hmm. and then use like bitmojis and emojis for the visualization that's happening in my head. Mm -hmm. And then I could create this image of what's happening inside my mind. I was like, this could be brilliant because kids love Snapchat and maybe they could do this and teachers could like, do like a comprehension check, like peek into the minds of all their students at the same time if they put these out on Twitter or they put them out on some way that a Padlet or some way that they could look at all of them. I was like, this is brilliant. Caleb, come teach me how to use Snapchat. I was so excited. And he was like, mom, you are such a nerd. Like, I can't <laughs> believe we're doing this right now. And so he taught me how, but the long story is I sent a tweet. That was the tweet I sent out. Was my first ever book snap mm -hmm. of Dave Burgess's book. And I 
remember George saying, use hashtags and make sure you tag the author and connect with people of like mind. So I'm trying to do all that in this tweet. And I'm so stoked about this book snap that I don't even really know what to call it. And I've called it hashtag book snaps. So I was just like, oh my God, this is so fun. And I found Dave Burgess on there. I was like, great. He's on Twitter. And he like commented on it. Long story short, he's like, I really love this. Like, what are you doing? And I was real nervous that like maybe I wrote copyright or maybe he's going to be like really mad at me and oh my god trying to explain it like in 180 characters like really fast and he really liked it and so then he said Tara you know I think he was just being nice but he he was like I want you to share this out on my blog and I think indirectly he was saying like you have no followers and no subscribers to your newfound website. <laughs> and if you put it over here, like people are actually going to see it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a pretty cool idea. So he really just took the idea and amplified it. And then people just all over the world started seeing it and applying this idea of a digital visual representation of thinking into their own context, like math snap, science snap, social studies snap, mm-hmm. every kind of snap imaginable. And with every kind of app imaginable, Google, It wasn't just Snapchat. That kind of launched me into a new realm of Twitter. People started seeing that like what I was putting out there (laughs) was a value. And then I wrote a blog about how to do it. So people started looking at the blog and they're like, oh, okay, this will help me. Then I had to create all these resources because people wanted to make them an app that they could actually use in their classroom because Snapchat was most of the time banned. And so it gave me a purpose. It was a weird idea that I just cannonballed in on. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was solving a problem. Keep the app on the kid's phone. And turns out that it became an idea that's now used in 17 countries with 27 different languages. And it's on the Common Core website as a comprehension strategy. I mean, there's just a lot of cool things that have happened with book stops. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like I was sitting around thinking like, what strategy can I develop that I can put out into the world? It was just like, I was reading a book and I was already sending out tweets of quoting parts of that book that I liked. And I thought, oh my goodness, I was just screaming at my kid to get off Snapchat. (laughs) Why don't I try to use that for edu awesomeness? Like, just like we did with fidget spinners and bottle flipping and every other thing kids do. That's kind of how it all started. I want to piggyback off of what you just said because a lot of there's a lot of different components there. Starting with you had the opportunity from your district to go to a professional development where you heard someone speak and say something that touched you to actually act. You know, it's not just like a theory and it's not just hey, this is energizing and I'm fired up to go back to my campus, but it was something tangible and that's something that you know, was passionate about the speaker that led you to act and to jump onto social media and use Twitter. But you didn't just stop at Twitter. You, you went on and you started using other applications and you started building your website. So I think that's kind of an attestment to just the power of professional development when, when done right and when given the opportunity. So that kind of leads me to my next question is just, you know, within your own district and now the position you're in, just how important is professional development in regards to being able and being allowed to go to conference versus, you know, the power of social media and, and what you can take from that. So, you know, we're always looking as leaders to to become better, but a lot of times educators just don't even know what resource to tap into to create growth for themselves. I agreed. So there's a couple of answers I would like to, like two different avenues mm-hmm. for this answer for me. 
I do think that physically going to conferences, we were just at Teach Better last week. We just experienced what it's like to rub shoulders with those that we are connected with on Twitter. Granted, back when I met George, I wasn't connected on Twitter. So that interaction alone, just going to that conference, hearing this inspiring speaker, and then literally him just kind of emphatically saying, like, you have to do this. Like, you're responsible for taking ownership of your learning. And I was always such a go-getter anyway, but this was next level for me. This was like doing something I had never done before, putting my work out into this world that I didn't even know if it was going to be accepted or appreciated. And my district loved me and that's where I'd always presented. And I never even done like state conferences or anything, but I'd gone to big conferences and listen to people something about that one just coming back and being able to like you said to actually do something and he asked all of us to do something I don't know if everybody did but I know that I did and the one thing the second avenue that I'd like to say is the one thing that helped me skyrocket in the world of professional growth would be joining Twitter and that's where these conferences got just a whole new meaning when I went to that one, really what I took back is everything I learned from George. When I go to teach better years later, and I have this decent following like on Twitter, right? I see people that I've seen on Twitter contributing and consuming, and they are more like my professional learning family. They're not my professional learning network per se, mm -hmm. They are like a family to me. So not only am I learning from Adam Welcome and I'm learning from Dave Burgess, I'm learning from all the keynote speakers. And sometimes I am the keynote speaker, but even when I am the keynote speaker, I am getting so much from the people that are in my sessions because we have this cool connection already and they're teaching me, they know what I'm about. I know what they're about and we're just sharing all these sidebar conversations that we normally wouldn't have. I didn't have those when I went to that conference in 2016. Mm -hmm. I didn't have all that extra, but now it's like a bonus. Like, yeah, you get to learn from the best of the best and you get to learn from the best of the best out in the audience because they're a part of part of your family and your network and you're excited to learn from them as well. I, I think in the classroom, it should be like that. And we built that kind of culture in our classrooms or in our schools. But a lot of times when we singly send a teacher out into a conference, they don't have that culture because they're there just to learn from the main speakers and they don't necessarily feel connected to everyone. But if they had this avenue first, they had this connection on Twitter, they got connected to a tribe of like-minded individuals. And then they go to this conference what happens there and that kind of atmosphere is different and it's more empowering and it's so powerful because they get to be a part of the contributing those will be get to be a part of the consuming mm -hmm. so yeah i believe a lot in professional development i believe a lot in actually sending people and not just expecting twitter to do all the work you need that you need both you need to rub shoulders we you know how we were learning like we were learning over coffee or like over those sidebar conversations and it's because we have this network of people that we trust and we value 
so we're on the topic of Twitter. So let's let's continue that, down that way. And then I also <laughs> want to talk about just kind of your book snaps and kind of how that's grown into now you being an author of two books. So we're going to talk about that too. But first off with Twitter, since we're on that, your story is fun to me because I had the exact same thing. I was sitting in Allen, mm-hmm. Texas at a conference and the speaker, the, the keynote was George Kiros and he did the exact same thing. <laughs> I, I love it. And I had. He's no our idea. godfather. He really is. Like his branches <laughs> are everywhere in his tree. So, um, no, yeah. I was sitting in there. And I was like, I have no clue what this man is talking about. And I'm pulling out my phone and I'm trying to figure out what Twitter is. And honestly, I did have a Twitter and it was following sports. So, that being said, is like, you know, I remember when George followed me and I remember when Dave Burgess followed me. I remember when Tara Martin followed me and mm-hmm. Todd Nisloni and all these different people. And I was like, educational rock stars are willing to connect with me and say that I have some sort of value. When in turn, I'm getting more value from them and, and what I'm learning from all these amazing educators and just the connections that are made. So if anyone is out there listening and you are not on Twitter, you need to do so immediately to make those connections. And I couldn't agree more. So with Twitter, um, what about Twitter chats? Did you have any experience with that when you first started on Twitter? I did. So it's so funny that you asked because I think it was Monday that my Snapchat had just downloaded it to make book snaps, Snapchat. And so, but Monday of this week, it said, I'm going to be hosting my first Twitter chat. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy because I like joined Twitter July of 2016, made book snaps August of 2016 during my vacation. And what is this, November? And I was hosting my first chat. And it was Lead Lab, which was kind of a big deal, like a really big deal. And I had no idea what I was doing. Once again, I was just cannonballing into anything that was tossed my way. But I think, I'm sure Dave had a hand in helping me get that (laughs) chat. He's such an amplifier, by the way. I think if you are already on Twitter and people are new to Twitter, this is something I love is to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. And to, I've created a resource too. If you look at my website, tarammartin.com, and you go to Twitter Stuff 101, it's in the resources uh, section. Uh, it's just like a interactive website page that kind of helps you find people to follow, hashtags to follow and ask you like all things that you're interested in and kind of puts it right in your hands that you could literally click the buttons and start building your PLN that way. Mm-hmm. But back to, but you need to amplify these that are willing to take the, the risk and to jump in the water of Twitter sphere because it is, it's a little overwhelming. But I had people like Dave who just immediately loved book snaps and started pushing me forward and helped me to get a following and helped me to do these things that I might've never tried, you know, without somebody out there connecting me that was already very established. So I, I think that's really important for all of us that's already on to make sure that we embrace those that are coming on and help them to feel the love of Twitter. Cause there's a lot of hate out there. Yeah. I mean, there really is. Yeah. So you kind of have to, you have to have that balance. Like these people really believe in me. So I want to kind of, amplify them. I think once you learn that, I also have a resource on my website, just go to taramart.com resources, how to host a Twitter chat, and literally it walks you through everything you need, including like spreadsheets for building your questions, how to schedule questions on a 30 minute chat or a one hour chat. But I think that's a great way to one, learn how to ask really great questions. I'm a coach, I love coaching. I'm not a coach now, but I, I get a coach all the time. 
And I don't know. I think you're still a coach. <laughs> I think so, baby, too. I'm a, I think I'm a coach in every role. So you get to ask really awesome questions, but you also get to hear from people all over the world. And and that is where that PD really comes into play. Well, it was kind of nice for me, Josh, that I didn't feel like an alien any longer. I was like, okay, I'm like super overzealous in Lawrence, Kansas, but, and people kind of look at you like, what is wrong with her? You know, why is she so excited about everything learning? Like she's always pushing us to this next level. And I'm like, okay, there's a whole crew of people out there. They're just all over the world, right? They're just not in Lawrence, Kansas. And if we ever got all together, it could be, a, well, it's like teach better. <laughs> yeah, it really was. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. It's going to be like DBC Pirate Con in um, 2020. <laughs> but I think that is the beauty of it. Like you start to learn that everyone has these cool ideas that maybe you've never tried. And if you're brand new to Twitter, please just choose like one or two. Don't do what I did. I just like literally try to implement everything. Super overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But choosing a couple of things from that chat that you found valuable and trying to implement them and then shouting those people out when you do it in your district and tagging them and using that lead lab hashtag or that TLAP hashtag or whatever hashtag it is that you were in the chat where you got it from and showing them like, Hey, I took your idea and I tried it. This is super cool. Or, Hey, we're sinking over here. Like how do I come up for air? I think that is what helped me to start to feel like this is a community. Like, it's not just taking all this in. It's like, I'm going to implement this. And then when it all goes down, <laughs> I'm going to reach out to them and say, hey, how do I fix this? Mm -hmm. And that's where you start to build that trust and that relationship with these people that you don't even know. Like, literally, they're, it's all virtual. But then that's when we meet them later in these conferences. And then we have that culture, that learning culture, but that PL family culture that you feel really comfortable to love, learn with them and to fall with them and to grow with them, like all of it. All right, Tara, so you've talked about professional development and you've talked about your book snaps and we haven't talked about how that's affected you and your district and then also how about the conferences, all the things that you're pulling from the conferences, how did that impact your campus and your district? Yeah, so that's a great question, Josh. I think that's, for one, once I was in the district administrative role, I started noticing the teachers and the coaches I got to serve, they would ask me like for funding to go to conferences and stuff. And I was a huge advocate of that because of my experience, because of this experience that I had with George initiating it at that one time and just initiating me trying something new and helping me to break free from this, only my current realm of influence. And when he did that, when I acted upon what he initiated, so many people benefited from that. First of all, my blog became a digital professional portfolio, which was fantastic because I worked with 14 elementary schools as a district level coach. And so I was able to multiply myself through my blog. I would put video content out there, resources out there, and they were watching me learn and grow through the process of trying something new. They were reading the content. They were joining Twitter chats. So from that conference, I brought this little tiny piece back, just starting my own website and being able to share out with the people that I served. But more than that, we started trying these things that I was learning in chats on a district-wide level. I would go in and co-teach with teachers. I would train our brand new coaches to do the same thing. And here we are 
14 different elementary schools in little tiny Lawrence, Kansas, and we're implementing all kinds of things that I learned from taking that action from the one conference. So the ripple effect was pretty outstanding. Mm -hmm. But I think it didn't really stop there because I kept growing and I kept jumping, if you will, go back to the cannonball and analogy, I just kept running and jumping off that board, trying something different and trying something new. And so I'm speaking out at different places and I'm learning at these conferences from other people that are given in and the participants. I'm able to then also produce some of that content, giving it out. And then when I come back to my district, I'm now bringing that to the people that I get to serve. And then they're implementing this with their students. And before you know it, I'm reading books like Launch. We did a whole entire design thinking book study with our coaches, with our teachers. And we had several schools starting this design thinking process for the first time. And it all kind of just kept causing this ripple effect. And also Teach Like a Pirate became a staple for our teachers. I mean, they started using these hooks and every day they were trying these hooks and it all started from me making book snaps, right? It was another one of those things. I just tried something new, put it out on Twitter, built this connection, built this relationship with these people on my connected network, and then brought all that back to my district. And here we have teachers who've never met these people and some who were never on Twitter. And they're implementing these cool strategies that I was able to initiate. And now they are like pushing them out to the next people that come on, especially when you impact me coaches and principals, then you are touching so many teachers, so many students for years and years and years to come. But it didn't like, I, I love to think about this is so cool. But it didn't even stop there, which is my district, because then I wrote a book. Mm -hmm. And then I get to share so many things that I've learned from Twitter from all these mentors in my life in the world, like in my little world, in Kansas world, and then also my connected world. And I get to share that with so many more educators, students. And then it doesn't stop there because I wrote the picture book. So now I get to work with students actually at many different schools all over the nation and help empower them to now try exactly what I did at the first conference. I get, I mean, it's not the first conference I ever went to, but it's the first one that really got me connected on this really fast journey yeah. of trying a lots of new things. But that's what I'm telling kids, run, jump, cannonball in, chase your dreams. Don't limit yourself. You're not limited to this geographic location. You're not limited to this one thing that somebody's put you in a box. You have so much potential. So the ripple effect of the money that we spend as administrators to send our teachers out to hear these incredible educators sharing their heart, sharing their mission, as well as getting our educators connected on Twitter. When you couple those two together, the impact is unexplainable, indescribable, honestly. And there's no really way, there's no way we can really measure that even. So I just encourage administrators, districts, invest your money in the teachers and send them to places where they're going to hear this quality content that's going to cause them to act because when it causes them to act, that's when we know that we've, we've spent our money wisely, but also we're helping students for years. So Tara, we talked about the book snaps and your journey through Twitter and you started getting a following through that. And you know, you got a connection with Dave and sounds like through the Twitter chat. So let's talk about your journey from all of that as an instructional coach and then 
being an author of now two books of Be Real and Cannonball In. So what was that journey like? Yeah, it's a wild journey. So I will say Dave really amplifying my work. Mm -hmm. Just that just launched me forward. And then no matter what came my way, whatever I was learning, whatever I was trying, I really wanted to be an administrator. So I started applying for administrative roles and I was fearless. Like I felt like I had all these people out there supporting me, pushing me forward. So when I applied for administration and got that role to actually start a coaching program from the ground up at our district, it's just so fun to be at a district level administrative role and get to try on a new hat. But all of these things started because of this tribe that I had built online. And I'd always kind of wanted to write a book and I journal daily. So I just was writing some things down and kind of sorting it out and thinking maybe I will try to write a book eventually. And I talked to Dave because we were connected already from the book snap and he was always just pushing my work forward. Any blog that I ever wrote was pushing it forward. So it's Shelly and they just really believed in my work. And so when I pitched my book to them and they accepted it, I thought that was surreal. Mm -hmm. And I got to share it just from the heart, but also be real educate from the heart is parts my memoir and then part like how I've used my unfortunate upbringing to be the educator I am today for the people that I serve. And they really loved the message and they didn't really have anything just like that. So it was super cool to get to publish that book and get to share that out in 2018. And then it didn't really stop there. Of course, once you get this innovator's mindset, right, you just are always cannonballing in and everything you try, you just want to try a bigger splash the next time. So I was excited about maybe writing another book. But before that, I started working for the Burgesses. So they were like, we love your work. And I had been ghostwriting a little bit, doing a little work for them, uh, promoting their books with digital resources. And they're like, hey, what if you, um, you know, we just kind of talked about it together. And I just got this administrative job not too, too long before. So I was like, oh, my gosh, should I take this leap and try something brand new? And I did. And now I am the director of PR and communications for Dave Burgess Consulting, which I got to do a lot of cool stuff. I get to use all my coaching skills with the new authors. I get to help them launch their messages out into the world. So I get to do what Dave did for me, for lots of people. And I love that. And I also get to travel around and speak to educators and kids and motivate them to be innovators, to be ever growing and always taking risk and trying new things. And I actually can say that with confidence because I'm literally doing it all the time. Yeah, things just went really speedy fast for me in the last three years. I then wrote a picture book. I get to talk to kids and motivate kids to not worry about their current situation. That doesn't define them and that they can grow from that. They can, they can be something different and they can keep just comparing their splash to their own splash, quit comparing themselves to other people. And I think that's true for if you're joining Twitter too. Don't start comparing yourself to Dave Burgess. That's a, that's a ridiculous goal, yes. but just compare yourself to your own growth and measure it. I'm just blown away like at the growth that I've had in three years, not just the following, but the personal and professional growth that I've had. Now, I will say, Josh, that I, I think it's important to note this, that with that fast of a growth, 
Like it's important to know like all the things that happen in between. Yeah. Julie Smith has started a hashtag called hashtag in between mm -hmm. and her college kids are sharing not just their highlight reel, but they're sharing like some of the things that have happened in between. And I think it's really important for us to keep it real for the people that are out there starting for the first time. You're not going to get from point A to point B quickly necessarily. And if you do, there's a crap ton of work that's happening behind the scenes. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that I gave up to be able to grow that fast, to write two books, to join a whole brand new job, to learn a whole new role that I didn't even really have a degree for because I'm in the business side of things now. Yeah. And there's a lot of things I had to give up as far as like, I don't keep my house immaculate like I used to, you know, I'm traveling all the time. So I don't cook meals, home cook meals every day. You can't be that many things and do all those things equally as awesome. You have to know your boundaries and you also have to know that there's just a lot of work that happens behind the scene. I think what people see out there is the awesomeness, the highlight reel. Yeah. But the truth is we need to share more of that in-between stuff. For sure. Because I think that's the stuff that kind of helps people realize, oh, <laughs> they're real humans. Tara, with making the leap into a new profession, did you find any correlation between your new endeavors and students as far as the mindset of failure, exploration, and going out on a limb beyond your own experiences? So Josh, like all of the roles that I had had in education, so as a teacher, a classroom teacher, an instructional coach, and then an administrator, mentor of instructional coaches, and then this newfound Twitter world and adding my PL family that I like to call them, as well as all of the professional learning that I had gained from these Twitter chats, from joining, then going to conferences. And by then, by one year, I was already speaking. Well, within six months, I was speaking at my first state conference. So then starting all that speaking journey as well in these two years before I worked for Dave on Twitter as a connected educator. By the time I met him with a book snap and then I started working with him, <laughs> it was like two years for real. Um, but at all of those experiences prepared me to do what we preach to kids all the time, to literally take a job that was not yet created. Yep. So I took a role with DBC Inc. that was not yet created for DBC Inc. We named it the PR and the director of PR and communication. But what I do is very tailor-made for our audience, for our authors, for our connected network. It's very tailored to the needs of the people that we serve. And it's also something that I didn't go to school for. But all of the things, and I love that Dave and Shelley saw this in, in me and trusted me to guide me through this process, but all of the things I already had, this coaching skill, because mm -hmm. I'm gonna be coaching authors to launch their book out into the world. I'm gonna help them through the emotions of writing a book, which is very stressful sometimes. And then these skills of building relationships, because I'm going to be helping build these professional relationships virtually and like in conference type settings and with our authors one-on-one. -on -one as well as any kind of strategic logistics of running a conference or running of the backsides of businesses and the passion of digitally creating 
materials, the visual materials for not only our books, but just for all of our different marketing pieces. So it's weird and it's awesome that they saw these strengths in me and that they were able to highlight them and say, you know what, if we put them over here, we could use those to better our company, to better our people, to better serve our people. And I think in the future, I think I'm living what we ask kids to do all the time. And it is, let me just say, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm playing to all my strengths, but it was really hard not to take the leap, but to actually learn from my people, what is it that you need? And then create it for them as the expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but first you gotta go learn on YouTube how to create it right. and then produce it and put it out there. So you're like building the plane and flying in at the same time. And that's scary. But I think with resilience and with um, with that innovator, I go back to that innovator's mindset because yeah. it really just changed the way I was thinking. And I started to be much more fearless. It's not that I've never feared, I just would try things. And just like in my book, Cannibal Inn, I knew how to swim. Mm -hmm. So once I jumped out there, I wasn't going to let myself drown. Once I took a leap of faith and took this job, I wasn't going to sink with these people that have believed in me. I'm going to thrive. I think if we ever develop that kind of mindset, there's just no telling the opportunities that get thrown our way. But we can't just dismiss and say, you know, I could have just said, you know, I don't really have a degree for that. Like, I don't know if I can do that because I probably need to go back to school for a few years. Well, even this is funny that I, but I really looked into school, just thinking like, I'll take the job and then I'll kind of go to school at night just to learn this stuff, a little graphic design, a little bit better. The truth is already, Josh, the stuff that I had learned from YouTube and the stuff I had learned from just doing was more advanced than the classes I was going to take at KU right here in Kansas. So the truth of the matter is if you just cannibal out there and just do, and you just keep learning and growing the knowledge out there, it's just so much already to prepare you to like, so these opportunities come your way, you just jump on them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happens with Twitter. You get all these cool opportunities and it's sometimes really hard to figure out like, which ones should I jump on? Because you can't really jump on all of them. But you just have to find like which ones line up with your passions, which which ones line up with your strengths and which ones line up with your purpose to meet the needs of those that you serve and do those and do them well. And you'll find your professional growth just skyrockets. Not only for our students, but for us as teachers and for administrators, there's just such a wealth of knowledge out there that's in regards to resources that we really need to be tapping into that I really feel are underutilized. And so, you know, creating this podcast, this is just one example of, I didn't know how to do a podcast. (laughs) I just started asking people and started, like you said, getting on YouTube, trying to figure out, you know, the programs and microphone to buy. I mean, there's a whole host of different things that I was looking into, but I didn't know what I was doing, but I was using and trying to tap into resources to figure that out. And of course, you know, there's been things that have come through that in regards to my own learning, but then also um, as far as connections being made and very similar to what you were saying, you never know what's going to come out of trying to um, better yourself and, and better education. So I want to talk about the struggle because, you know, when we were at the Teach Better conference, and this happens a lot when you go to conferences, you talk with people and you connect and they talk about the fact that, oh, they were surprised that they got selected to speak because they don't feel worthy to get up in front of people. And a lot of times mm-hmm. with Twitter too, like people are being amplified. They don't feel like they, again, are able to provide some value through that. And mm-hmm. I just want to know about you, you know, you 
you said that your journey was quick. You, you rose quickly. So when you started to speak in front of all these different people, did you ever feel like you shouldn't be up there or that there wasn't enough value for people to sit and, and to listen to you? I definitely struggled when I should have been up there. So funny story, I was applying for different conferences. Dave had encouraged me to apply to speak out. And so I got one state conference and one in Missouri, which is close to me. Mm -hmm. And then I saw this thing come across for new ideas. You could present it ISTE. And I'm like, what is that? Like, I have no idea. But I noticed that book snaps would fit the new idea mold. And so the new ideas come out like in May. And then the conference is in June. And this was 2017. So book snaps had only come out in 2016, August of 2016, right after I got on Twitter. And so here it is, April 2017. I'm like, oh, I think I might try that. Well, that was a beast of an application. And it was like for an Ignite. And I had never heard of that. It was only five minutes. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. But honestly, I didn't know anything about anything. So I was just like, okay, this is just the way you do it, right? If if you don't know, and then you fill out an ISTE proposal for the first time, you're like, oh, okay, this is intense, but maybe this is just the way it works. Now I know that you can probably fill out a different one. It's not near so intense. But I did, and I thought nothing of it. I didn't really know that what kind of conference that was. I really know much about it. About it. And I sent it off just to see, like, maybe it'll, maybe it'll happen. Maybe they'll want this new idea. Well, they loved it, and they took it. And then I told Dave, you know, on DM on Twitter, I was like, oh my goodness. So I'm going to be speaking at ICE. Like, I didn't even know how to call it. And he's like, what? Do you know what that is? And I'm like, it looks like a kind of a big conference. He's like, kind of a big, like the biggest one yeah. we have in the US. And so I got really nervous. And this is a, like one of those times where I'm like, whoa, I don't belong here. Like I've only spoken at one state conference and I had one coming like in Missouri. But other than that, I had never spoken outside of my district. And here I'm going to stand on the stage in front of like, literally there were, I think a thousand or 1500 people. So I wasn't on the main big stage, but I was in one of those big rooms. Yep. There were 1500 people or, or something like that in my session. And that was one of those times where I'm like, I think I might be sick. <laughs> Sylvia Duckworth was in my group. And I remember her just saying, you know, have you been speaking? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. I've practiced this a bunch of times. So when I went out there, she's like, oh my gosh, you're a natural, like you're fine. I don't know what you're so worried about. And we had the rehearsal round and then we had the real one. And that one of my favorites, conversations was with Sylvia in that green room or in the back. And she really just told me like, you have something valuable to share. And no matter who you're speaking to or how many people are out there, you believe in your passion and you believe in your message and you can share it with anyone. She's like, and Tara, you have a stage presence. You're going to be fine out there, but I want you to think more about what it is that you're wanting to share. Don't get up there and just share something that people are wanting to talk about. You share your passion, you share your heart, you share your project, and you share it from the heart. And I've just used those words every time I go places. So when people ask me to do something very specific, especially now as a keynote, they'll be like, hey, can you hammer on this and this? And you're like, let's just be clear, I'm gonna share my message and I'm gonna share my heart. 
And there are probably places where that is going to come out, but I'm not going to reframe my entire presentation to match that, you know, or this one theme. I think no matter what, you got to let your passion come through. You got to let your heart come through. And you are probably going to address all kinds of issues that anybody might have or, or think about in the process. But that was one thing that kind of helped me overcome that fear of I'm not worthy to be here. Mm -hmm. And I just started not worrying about what everybody might think of me, but I wanted them to be inspired by the message. And I think if you sell your message and you quit trying to sell yourself, you, you really just come out ahead. It's not about you. It's about the message. And that really changed the way I view that. And I don't really look at is I'm not valuable. Sure, I'm probably not worthy to be there, but I think the message is so important that I wanna be there so I can share it. For those who are listening, are there any projects that you've got going on that are coming up? One of the things I'm kind of focusing on is, I just have a lot of things that I'm working on, I know. <laughs> but we are, we are really big deep into preparing for the DBC Pirate Con, yes. which is our first ever conference for Dave Burgess Consulting. It'll be in June 12th through 14th of 2020. At in San Diego, you can go to our website, DaveBurgessConsulting.com, and just click the DVC Pirate Con tab at the top, and you can get all kinds of cool information, including a, per, a permission slip to like ask your administrator to send you. Yes. <laughs> um, already written up for you. It's perfect. But that has just been so fun to work through the process, the logistics, the preparing, the planning all the piece parts and pieces to putting on a conference which is so cool mm -hmm. but thinking about what drives me to keep doing that project which is overwhelming for a little team of five let me just tell you <laughs> um it's connecting all of you guys it's allowing all of you to share your messages with us and allowing our authors to be able to share their messages with you and be able to rub shoulders we got to feel what that was like this last week, yeah. but rub shoulders with those people that are important to, that you view as important, but understanding they're just real people. Mm -hmm. They're real people just like us. Yeah. And so that's one of the things I've been working on a lot. I've been working on some other just individual product sure. projects too, but that's my biggest project that I've been working on. Well, I'll be attending too. So I can't wait to see you again in person and see all of the DBC authors um, is quite the tribe. Awesome. And I'm excited to announce that the Aspire podcast will be on location at the DBC Pirate Con 2020 in San Diego. And I cannot wait providing some more input just like I had with the Teach Better conference and, and get an opportunity to really hone in on these amazing educator and amazing leaders um, to get that content out to my listeners. So, Terry. Oh my goodness, it's gonna be awesome. And I was just gonna throw in too, like if you're listening and you haven't signed up for DBC Pirate Con, just know that 50 plus authors from DBC will be leading all the sessions. Mm -hmm. So every single session, it would take you like a ton of conferences to get to meet all these people. And the keynotes alone, so we have Dave Burgess, we have Hamish Brewer, yep. we have Kim Bearden, the co-founder of Ron Clark Academy, we have George Kuros, who got me started, and then we also have Jimmy Casas. And so we have just some really cool mm -hmm. lineup of speakers and you get to meet them and we have social events and stuff. So you should totally be there to Most learn definitely. with us. Most definitely. So Tara, how can our listeners connect with you on social media? Yeah, so you can find me at TaraMMartin.com. And then you can also find me on Twitter at TaraMartinEDU. 
And then on Instagram at Tara M. Martin dot real. And I think I'm on, oh, on Facebook, I'm Tara M. Martin. Yes. <laughs> Mostly Tara M. Martin everywhere. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes, definitely connect with Tara. Tara, it is always a pleasure to talk with you. And I love your journey. I love your story. Thank you for sharing that with our aspiring leaders. Well, I would like to thank all the people that has contributed to my story. There's probably a lot of your listeners that are out there that either have supported me or have mentored me. So I'm just super appreciative for we don't get anywhere by ourselves. You know, it's all about a tribe. So I'm appreciative to be here. And thanks for all the people that are listening that have been a part of it.